Good evening. It is 9.01 p.m. on Monday evening, April 26th, 2021, here in Sarasota, Florida. This will be um, the first time I, to my recollection, that I will have attempted to capture an entire recording in the raw, unedited moment of a very specific experience in my life and allow myself to sort of speak to some of the ways that I feel like that experience has connected to things that have led me to certain places in my world today. Exactly 30 years ago tonight, in fact, we are about two, two and a half hours away from the exact moment the accident occurred. I think it would be, I think it was 1.30 in the morning when my mom woke me up to tell me the news. But if I remember, the accident that killed my aunt happened at approximately 11.30 on this date 30 years ago. That was my very first experience with a death that did not necessarily profoundly affect me directly. This was an aunt by marriage. I was barely 15 years old. I I mean, I just, I was, she was my aunt. So of course I was, of course I was sad. And, but, but it was more, way more, the experience that I had particularly that that next weekend was more for the pain that I was feeling from so many that were so close to me and really, really honing in on the loss through their experience and just having such compassion and really Something was absolutely, I think, awakened within me in that experience, but certainly not with my conscious awareness of it. Um, my, I just, there's so many specifics I remember and, and I, it's, it's really kind of, I guess it's not unusual um, if something that's really, really traumatic, we can completely forget the entire thing and erase it from our memories. And if it's something, um, that profoundly affects us in a way where we don't need to numb it, it's absolutely plausible that we could remember it with tremendous detail. Um, they were at a Pistons game, watch party. The Pistons at that time were still really good. They were still in their bad boy years. And she was driving home and was hit and killed by a drunk driver. And she died instantly. 
My mom is one of eight. She has six sisters and one brother. This was my mom's one brother's wife that died. She had four kids, a daughter, a son, and then two more daughters. Her third child is 13 days older than me, so we were very, very close at this time. We hadn't yet hit adolescence where we would begin to kind of, as I think all cousins, not all cousins, but, you know, as we get older and and find out who we are and and make choices for our lives, um, I think it's rare that we hold on to really close relationships that we had when we were young. And if you do have those, consider yourself extremely fortunate Um, I was very close to my, very close to my cousins growing up, especially through my, I just have so many positive memories from, um, late elementary school and all throughout middle school and early high school things began to change just because you get so damn busy in our culture, you know, and especially if you're uh, talented, uh, we were all athletes. I think every, almost every single one of us was an athlete and played uh, a sport. And if not, uh, they were extremely talented artists. I mean, we were all pretty busy kids. And so I, this hurt to watch the deep pain that my cousins were experiencing, my uncle, all of his sisters, including my mom, and then how the dynamic affected my, my mom and dad because they were divorced at this point, had been for a good five years or so. And um, they would start to date the year after. So I'm actually wondering just now as I'm recording this, if somehow that incident didn't, didn't trigger something strange within my parents that ended up doing what I could see on the surface was the absolute most idiotic thing, which was to remarry one another. Um, they went ahead and proceeded with that. And, um, that's a whole nother traumatic storyline of my past uh, that I will not go down, but the death of my aunt very well may have contributed to that very big life changing thing that happened when my parents decided to remarry. Um, in high school, we started playing around with a Ouija board and I honestly cannot remember how that fell into our laps. I do not believe I was the initiator. I I don't remember. I, I truly do not remember how the Ouija board started to get into my basketball team's lap, but by summer camp that year. Uh, the summer before my sophomore year, my sophomore year would be the best year of my basketball teams. Uh, that would be the furthest in my four years at Canton that we would get. We made it all the way to the final four and I was a sophomore that year and I really came into my own in a huge way. And we had one of the greatest leaders to this day that I have ever had the privilege of playing with and working with and being friends with, my teammate Julie. And Julie was a senior, going to be a senior that year. And we were at team camp. 
at Western Michigan University, one of my absolute favorite weeks of the entire year, bar none, like pure bliss when I was away at my sports camps that took me overnight, pure bliss. And with my teammates and team camp, it was, I, I, I don't have words for how happy I was when I was at those camps with my teammates. And that summer we started, had started playing with the Ouija board. And this particular night, it was one of the last nights that we were there. It may have even been the last night. How I remember it is Julie and I had the Ouija board. And if you know anything about it, you lightly put, and you need at least two people that very lightly put their hands on the triangle. And, and the whole thing is to like, not move it purposely. It's like, I know, I swear every time I was at the board, never, not once did I move that triangle, uh, purposely, not once. And I would proceed that night to have my first experience with spirit through the Ouija board. And I, at the moment, believed it was the spirit and soul of my aunt. And to this day, 30 30 years later, I believe that I absolutely communicated with the essence of her being that night. I was set to go visit my cousins. They lived on the west side of Michigan in Whitehall, Michigan, And every summer we would spend a a very significant amount of time there. At a minimum, we would go for a couple of weeks straight. And I was set to go for my weekly, my weekly or annual summer visit the following week or like within, within just a week or two, I was going to see my cousins and I distinctly remember asking the spirit, I, I mean, it was spelling out all sorts of things to me. Usually you ask the Ouija board yes or no questions and it, you know, it, it goes up and gravitates either to yes or to no. This was the first time that the energy was spelling out sentences to me. And the very last thing that it spelled out in response to my question of, is there anything that you would like for me to tell the kids, my cousins, specifically the younger two that uh, were my age. One was my age, one was a year younger, and I had a brother that was a year younger. So we were very close. And the message that came back was, is what made it undeniable that it was my aunt. And I remember going to Whitehall, and and again, I, I, I don't remember how much or if I wrestled with the decision to tell my cousins or not. I, I really don't remember if I wrestled with it or not. I just know that I definitely decided to share, and, and it was with the, I want to say it was with only the one that was my age. And I remember the room, the, the room off the dining room in that awesome house in Whitehall, had the piano in it. The piano room is where I told her. Her younger sister may have been there as well, but 
I remember telling her about this incident with the Ouija board and with the spirit of who I thought was her mom. I remember, I definitely remember knowing that I had to be extremely sensitive and understood that what I was potentially going to share with her could make her very sad. But I, I, I had to tell her, I had to, I had, I had to share the experience. I had to tell her that I had spoken to her mom. I I just had to share it with her. I felt like I owed it to her and perhaps more to my aunt's soul. But again, I was barely 15 years old. Well, at this point it was summertime. So I was closer to 16 than 15, but this was, um, this was not, you know, this was not minor, minor energy stuff on any level. And I was aware of it at a pretty high level and already really trying to dance with what I was receiving from a higher energy, a higher frequency and what to do with that information and to try to be as cognizant as possible and compassionate as possible for the worst in the worst reaction that could happen right like like the worst reaction at least for me would be to have hurt my cousin by sharing this with her so i just sort of set like this i i don't i don't even know how conscious i was of it but just trying to gently, you know, I, I, it's so hard to describe, but I remember going through this in that room as I shared it with her. I don't remember much, much more than that, but I do remember that. And then I remember my earth science teacher giving me a hard time because my mom had written a note and, um, given, you know, asked for an extension on some projects. And, and I remember him specifically, and I, I, I forgive me men that are touched, you know, tapped into their emotions for this. This is not a statement about all men, but just the ones that aren't as emotionally developed, which in that generation at that time, this particular teacher fell into that category. He wasn't trying to be insensitive, but he was just like, were you close to the aunt? Like, it was almost like, it's your aunt. How sad, how could you get behind? How could you be affected? It's your aunt that died. Like, were you close? And he just kind of said it, like, just like that. Like, were you close to her? And and almost in this way, like, why else would you be behind on your work? Like, it was impossible to imagine that I would be that upset by this. And... um that very, very clearly stood out to me as it pertained to this death. I had been to one other funeral before. My dad's mom, so my my grandmother on my dad's side, her second husband died a short time, I think, before this death. And But I was not connected to, to him at all, you know, and did not really... I don't, I barely remember, I, I, I remember looking at him in the coffin and that was pretty much it. I don't have hardly any memories of that funeral. This, however, was 
truly, 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 uh, to this day, one of the most heart-wrenching experiences. And I, knowing what I know now about myself, and at that time in my life, it was just when the lights were starting to go dark, but I was definitely aware of how much I was tapped into something beyond the surface level reality. But looking back, I, um, very powerful experience. And I would commune with my aunt's energy again when I took a trip the year of my spiritual awakening. In fact, it was just one month before my spiritual awakening, October 14th. I was up in the UP for the very first time in my life, had never been up into the Upper Peninsula, which is pretty crazy having spent my first 18 years as a Michigander. Never made it to the UP. I went up there for uh, to look at the fall colors and to do a little hiking in October of 2010 when I was uh, experiencing what I call my, my year of healing, spent mostly in my mom's home in Michigan. And I was at Pictured Rocks, I believe, and overlooking, um, which great lake is that? That's Superior, I think. Um, overlooking Superior, uh, Munising, yeah, I, it had to have been overlooking Superior, but I suppose if I was barely over, it could have been looking at Lake Michigan, but we used to go to Lake Michigan with, uh, my aunt, because they lived seven miles away from Lake Michigan, a straight shot to hit Lake Michigan where, where, where it's one of the things that made their place. God there. I loved going to Whitehall. I loved going to Whitehall. I loved going to Whitehall and Lake Michigan was synonymous with that. And I, I, have the most distinct memories of my aunt going to the lake. And so being in the Great Lakes and overlooking a Great Lake, um, which I had done very, very hardly at all since I left Michigan at 18 years old, I thought of my aunt again and very much believed her to be next to me there when I was overlooking that um, now 10 and a half years ago. Um, I guess I just wanted to capture a little bit of this memory. It's not a, you know, it's, it's, I, I think often because I've, I've not been connected to really any of my cousins as an adult, except for that one year I was in Seattle and had a very wonderfully, wonderfully intimate relationship with three of my cousins that also lived there highlight of that time in Seattle, a super, super highlight. But other than that, I haven't been close to my cousins as an adult and I idolized the hell out of them, admired the hell out of them and loved the hell out of them when I was young. And so it has hurt me in so many ways that the distance that I have had in my adult life from my family has uh, not been an easy part of the journey, not in any way, shape, or form. And so I think on this anniversary, because I think of my cousins every year on this date, I used to contact them. I didn't, it was long before cell phones, 
but I, I used to contact at least the two younger ones. Um, I used to send them just an acknowledgement that I was thinking about them on this day, but I haven't done that in a lot of years. But not a day goes by, a, a year goes by where I forget. Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm usually at St. Anthony's. This date has almost always coincided with a work day for the St. Anthony's race. And so I have grown to really um, align those two things, which has been sort of beautiful because St. Anthony's, in, as a general rule, if you will, has a very, 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 very positive, you know, note through my life. And this was arguably one of the more, um, you know, negative or just undesirable experiences shared by my extended family. And, um, so it's a, it's a nice little harmony that has been aligned for me for the past almost 20 years that I've been working that race to think of my aunt, which is so painful and my cousins and my uncle and everyone that was affected by the loss of this aunt at only 42 years old. Um, it's been a nice way to sort of, I don't know, balance it with, um, a lighter, happier energy to help remind that they're never gone from us, that we all sort of, um, you know, in, in what a deep learning experience death is, as I am experiencing again in a different way with my cat who is having a bad day today and, and definitely on the last, you know, part of his life in form, as silly as it may be to bring a cat's life in at the same level as talking about a human's life. It's just, they're all living beings, living entities, living energies that are expressions of the light, expressions of God. And, um, so they're different, you know, but one is not less than or, or better than or worse off than the other. A cat's life, a human's life, very, very different. And it just so happens that, you know, I, I haven't had a lot of direct experience with, with death and, um, recollecting the first one that profoundly affected me, um, more indirectly through the pain of others that I cared deeply about, uh, seemed like something to sort of capture today. And, uh, very well could be just for myself, but, um, Aunt Linda, I don't think I'm alone in saying that you have been missed in this incarnation by all of us that had only a short time to interact with you. I imagine that the gaping hole left in the hearts of especially your kids has probably never been filled. Um, as much as I feel I've tried to understand what that loss must have been like, it is something that they have seemingly kept 
very close within themselves, which is so beautiful and amazing because I genuinely think the four of them have a tremendously close relationship, which um, is something I haven't had the privilege of enjoying with, with my siblings in this incarnation. So that is makes me so happy that they've all managed to have incredibly successful lives, to raise incredibly beautiful families, to become incredibly beautiful, wonderful adults, despite having one of the most painful experiences I think one can have in this time-space dimension is to lose a parent while you are still a child and or to lose a spouse when you are that young. And I just, um, yeah, I know I talk to my aunt, I talk to you and mention your name quite often when I'm in meditation because I always sort of go through the relatively few souls with whom I was particularly close um, in terms of like blood family and friends that have moved on over that bridge. And so I, I bring her up in meditation often in thought, but I don't know that I have actually communed with her energy since Pitchered Rocks back in 2010. And, um, I did a little meditation before I did this recording, but I have to get to bed as I have a very early morning tomorrow and, uh, you know, really wasn't prepared to do a recording, but felt like it was just a significant, you know, my rain man nickname came about for a reason in high school I remember dates and times and things very, very specifically, but I've really loosened up with that in recent years because I truly believe that if and when I'm meant to remember something, I I just don't have to work as hard. Not that I ever worked very hard to remember the dates and times. I really didn't, but I don't, I don't pay attention as much as I used to. But this one today hit me. Like I said, I, I have never missed a year in acknowledging it, if only for a few minutes with myself. I've never missed a year. So I, April 26th, 1991 is, is drilled pretty solid in, into my head. So, um, I just, I had to, I had to try to capture a little bit of the moment and a little bit of that memory and a connection to you know, that was definitely the first time I had communed with spirit. And, um, yeah, just, I haven't really processed that and even realized that until I took pause on this memory today. And I definitely didn't think until today that that incident very well could have ignited the reunification of my parents, which was, if anybody had asked my opinion, I would have told you that was a mistake. And no one asked my opinion. No one asked my thoughts at all. And that's, you know, that's when things got really fucking bad. 
really fucking bad. Because I was 17 years old when they got remarried. And nobody fucking asked me anything. And how strange would that be if they started, if they got back together as a result of Aunt Linda's death? And I just wonder, I wonder if that, I'm actually going to ask my mom about it. Um, And again, it's not about blaming or anything. It's just everything is connected. And um, I think there are unique ways to go back into our past wounds and heal them. And I'm going to draw, I'm going to end by dropping this little interesting connecting point, something that I can't seem to shake that comes to mind time and time and time again. And every time when I hear people talk about the past is in the past, you can't do anything about it. But you can't say that there's a such, there's no such thing as time, which, you know, there's no such thing as time. It's that concept is only derived as such to, so that the human mind can wrap its, its head around existence. Time does not exist linearly. Therefore, the past is not in your past and not, there is only not the now moment and infinite perspectives of the now. So what if instead of saying the past is the past, you can't do anything to change it, you're like, wait a second, no, the past is now. I just have to see it from the perspective. And you go back and you meet it at the bad memory, the way, you know, or the painful, but then you can transmute it by placing yourself there through the memory and working to feel the positives that were present because there's always something positive. Likely, there are multiple positives upon which you can place your focus at any time that anything really negative is going on. So it's just a matter of changing your focus changing your perspective and focus. And I've got this one of many, many, many hypotheses is that I think you could actually help heal wounds from your past by not trying to avoid the past memory and believe that it does nothing to go backwards to examine it, but instead to look at it as if the past is now and the future is now just because all there is is the now. So there, it is the now, if you want to see it that way. And relive it. And like you basically transmute and almost change the memory. And, and you watch yourself get on the timeline. You basically make your age at that time match the timeline you're on now, believing that you're no longer on this sad timeline. I don't know. That's not going to make any sense. I am, for some reason, I have been exhausted this past week. Um, So I'm starting to fade here. But anyway, Aunt Linda, you have been missed. You have been missed greatly to my cousins and my uncle and to all my relatives that were also affected. My heart is with you all tonight. I, I, I I am just... Um, I'm with you all. I love you all so very much. So very much. 
And I only can dream of one day in this life being able to connect with you all again in the ways that we did as children (laughs) before things got real when we were all pretty young. So thanks for listening. Have a good night.